When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, well, you know, do me a favor. Just kind of sit up and just like have a little respect for the process. Every day you come in and ask me questions and you just kind of like, you know, give me this. But I mean, like, just, just be a little respectful. Just I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process, okay? So ask me a question professionally and I'll answer it for you. So that was Matt Patricia a few weeks ago, the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Now, speaking of respect of the process, we have an update from Detroit and the Detroit Free Press. By the way, Matthew Collar in for uh, Mackie and Judd. In just a couple minutes, we're going to talk to Lawrence Holmes about the Bears. Uh, but I need to just read you this article from the Detroit Free Press and Dave Burkett, who has been covering the uh, Detroit Lions and Matt Patricia and the bleep show that has been the Detroit Lions under Matt Patricia in one of the worst hires ever as a head coach. Okay, so I'm Politely just going to read the article. Former New York Giants head coach Tom Coughlin was so punctual that he once fined players for being a few minutes early to a team meeting, saying they needed to arrive even earlier. Meetings start five minutes early, Coughlin told the New York Times more than a decade ago. First-year Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia, it seems, does not subscribe to the same theory. Patricia, who routinely shows up late for his media availability sessions in his first year as head coach, was asked about the importance of punctuality for a head coach at his weekly news conference on Wednesday, a session that was pushed back 30 minutes from its originally scheduled time and then 15 minutes or so after that. Uh, I think it depends on the situation, really, Patricia said, and there's a longer quote of pretty much nothing. Uh, Patricia said lack of punctuality has also been an issue in team meetings this year where one former player said that the coach was consistently late during his time with the Lions. Whoo, the Belichick coaching tree just sprouts another beautiful fruit. Former player, you say? Oh, right, yeah. Which former, one are we talking about? Former player, and they had to play this year, but they're not on the team now because <laughs> it says former. Hmm. So it's either Amir Abdullah, <laughs> doubtful, or is it Golden Tate, maybe, who I don't know. said We're that? Down to who two told you that? Uh, but this is great. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, this, the, yeah. the first commenter on the story in Twitter nails it. Can we just fire this guy already? <laughs> like, what is the point of even having him coach week 17? Remember when the Eagles gassed Chip Kelly before even week 17 yeah. and Pat Shermer coached that week? <laughs> like, same, right? This is one of the worst hires I can ever remember. It reminds me of when uh, Cleveland hired Rob Chudzinski. It was such a disaster. They had to fire him after one year. Mm-hmm. The uh, the whole devil you know sometimes. I'm not saying Jim Caldwell was a great coach. You could count on some really bad clock management from Jim Caldwell and uh, a bad punt on the other side of the 50 almost every time. Mm-hmm. 
But the Detroit Lions looked a hell of a lot more competent last year than they looked this year. And boy, did they give up in the second half of that game against the Vikings, showing exactly how they felt about Matt Patricia. I was going to say, they also looked like a team last year that looked like they liked their coach and wanted to play for him. Yes, they did. As opposed to this team that we saw on Sunday that looked like they just wanted to be on any golf course that was outside of Ford Field. And they went 9-7 and and fired their coach. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let's get to Lawrence Holmes. And continue to preview this game. It's win and they're in for the Minnesota Vikings. But i got to find out from Lawrence, will the starters be playing the whole game for the Chicago Bears? And what do we think of Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback? Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Jonathan here at the 1500 ESPN Studios. Uh, Nothing to report on the roads right now. Everything seems to be flowing smoothly, so I'll just substitute this traffic update for a Gophers football update. The kickoff is just moments away in Detroit against Georgia Tech for the Quick Lane Bowl. Matthew? Oh, and we will be all over it. Yes, we will. Since uh, the first responders bowl did not go our way, then we really need some good bowl action. But for now, we are going to talk about Sunday's game, Minnesota Vikings against the Chicago Bears. It is a win and they're in the playoffs for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, Lawrence Holmes joins us now. He's a host at 670 The Score, also hosts Bears pre- and post-game show for NBC as Chicago. What is up, Lawrence? Matthew, how are you, my man? I'm doing awesome. I'm really jacked up for this game. But my first question for you, Lawrence, is are the Chicago Bears going to be jacked up for this game or are they just cool with being in the playoffs and assuming the Rams are going to beat the 49ers? No, they are not. Matt Nagy actually said today that they, he, he said it definitively. He said, we're going to win that game. Like that's, that's how he is approaching this with his team. Now he did bring up the possibility of since the games are being played at the same time, if at halftime someone lets him know that the Rams are up 28 to nothing on the Niners, then he'll do what's best for the team. But as it stands right now, they are looking at this as an opportunity to better their playoff standing by perhaps getting an opportunity at that number two seed. And it's, as much as people want to laugh about it being the Niners versus the Rams, those two teams have been playing, going in different directions over the last month. The 49ers have played good ball. And even last week against the Bears, they, they presented quite the challenge against them. And the Rams have looked out of sync ever since, some people say it's Cooper Cup. I think it's Todd Gurley. Uh, with Todd Gurley not looking healthy and, and then not playing last week, they haven't looked like the same dominant offense. So I, I don't think that it's crazy that the Niners could, could win that game. Their struggle is their offense still is a little bit of a problem, and they got a lot of guys hurt last week that would make it a more compelling watch to see them against L.A. Oh, I definitely agree with you that that 49ers team is sort of tricky. And the fact that they beat the Seahawks and then played as well as they did against Chicago tells you that uh, it's probably not going to be a joke, that it could be close going into the second half and Chicago should uh, continue to play hard. And plus, Lawrence, if, if you get one of those spots where you get to stay at home and, and you get the bye week, uh, that sets you up to me to be golden to have that perfect path to go to the Super Bowl. There, there is such a huge difference between that number two and number three seed. There is. And, and for the Bears, and they saw it a couple Sunday nights ago, 
where a lot of people will laugh at the concept of bear weather, and I, I laugh about it too, but it clearly had an effect on the Rams. Now, I, I think strategically they're different because it wasn't a healthy Todd Gurley that, that was out there, but it looked like Jared Goff wanted to be anywhere but Chicago, and that was in December. Now let's fast forward that to January in Chicago. It's not going to be pleasant there. So I do think it's an advantage for them. I think it would be really difficult, not impossible, but difficult for them to go win two games on the road to to make it to the Super Bowl, and that's what they'd have to do if they're the number three seed. But you give them a week off, which is another issue because they haven't necessarily played great with time off, but I still think you'd rather have that than not have the time off. But more importantly, the opportunity to play a game at home after a week off and then probably having to go to New Orleans to to get yourself to the Super Bowl, that's a much easier path than game against the Vikings, game against the Seahawks, game against the Eagles, then on the road to the Rams and probably on the road to the Superdome uh, in New Orleans. So to to me, they definitely are, are playing for something and we'll see how it all ends up. But they, they, are, they are looking forward to this challenge. Like they, they think that they match up well against the Vikings, and I don't think that you're going to see them just take this game off. Talking with Lawrence Holmes of 670, the score in Chicago, Vikings and Bears. Push back to 325 uh, this week at U.S. Bank Stadium. And I'm interested, Lawrence, in the road play of the Chicago Bears because I was looking at just how they've performed on the road this year. The wins are unimpressive. The losses are not good against Miami and then uh, the New York Giants. So what, what do you make of them and their chances to go on the road here for this game to U.S. Bank Stadium, which for my money, considering the defense that they're going to go up against that Minnesota and how well the Vikings have played, uh, is one of the toughest spots to come play in the entire NFL? It's an astute observation by you. I think that people look at the Bears' 11-4 and record and say, man, this team is just mauling people and it hasn't been the case on the road they have struggled they have offered no reason for why things seem harder for them on the road than they do at home where the bears went seven and one this season in the miami game there there was the the reasoning was well it it was hot and we didn't tackle well and i think those two things may have gone hand in hand they they maybe weren't ready for the humidity and the direct sunlight that the the, the visitor's bench gets versus what the home bench gets. The Giants game, it was just a disaster. It, it really was. like it, The whole thing was a disaster. And they battled back to get that game in the OT, but you, you still allowed a, an aging Eli Manning to, to make enough plays that his playmakers, Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley, could, could end up finishing the job. With, I thought, a defensive performance, that was pretty good, and I, I honestly think, and I saw you write about this today, I honestly think that, that some of the stuff that the Giants did versus the Bears in that game might be beneficial for the Vikings to take a look at because I think it's a, a, a more easier, I think they're, the Vikings are a much more talented defense, and for them to make some of those calls and adjustments against the Bears is easier than, than a Giants defense that was just kind of like, we're, we're doing whatever we can to try and stay in this game. 
Well, and that's what I think is is really interesting too. On I guess on both sides of the ball, looking at what the Giants and, and uh, did, but also the Patriots too, and what they did at Soldier Field there. That the the Vikings could take some of those aspects and use them against the uh, Chicago defense. But Lawrence, it, it is a special defense. And Khalil Mack, uh, shout out to University of Buffalo there. I I don't know if you know Lawrence. I'm a Buffalo guy, so uh, it's been really fun to watch somebody go from a university that. It's not known for football at all to one of the biggest superstars in the NFL, but also Akeem Hicks completely ruined the Vikings uh, running game plan that night in Chicago. Can they take that defense on the road and be just as good as they were on November 18th? They hope so. And and they think so because they've had playmakers on every level. Now it'll be interesting to see what Eddie Jackson's status is going to be on Sunday because he's the really special player in the secondary. Their corners have played great, and Kyle Fuller is going to the Pro Bowl, and he deserves it. And there's a case to be made for Prince of Mukamara to, to have made the Pro Bowl this year. But Eddie is the guy that kind of changes games. He's, he's a, a ball hawk. And, and I, I don't bring these names up you know, very often when talking about safety play. And we're only talking about a guy who's in his second year. But Bears fans will 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 make an easy comp to Mike Brown, mm-hmm. uh, who played on some great Bears defenses and came up with some huge plays in his career, taking the ball away. And the other guy that honestly I start thinking about with Eddie Jackson is is Ed Reed, and that's that's hallowed territory when you're talking about a guy that could take the ball away. I, I'm telling you like this: the Bears' record for defensive touchdowns for a career is nine. And that's a Charles Tillman who has that record. He broke Mike Brown's record to get it. Eddie Jackson already has five. And he's only two seasons into his career. And when you have an up front the way that Khalil Mack and, and Akeem Hicks can get after the quarterback, and you've actually seen some really good production from Leonard Floyd over the last couple of games, the quarterback's got to get the ball out quick. They've got to make their decision quick. And what we're seeing is, is Jackson – he knows. He, he's using that counter in his head and saying, the ball's got to come out. I can take a risk. I can break on the ball. I don't have to worry about a double move and, and getting beat deep. And he's been successful at diagnosing some of these plays and coming up with some huge interceptions. So I'm curious on your perspective on this. We're talking with uh, Lawrence Holmes, 670 The Score, uh, AM radio in Chicago, the best kind of radio. Just going to throw that out there. Um, I agree. Just your perspective on on Kirk Cousins. The last time that he was there, the first time that uh, you would have seen him in purple, turns the ball over a couple of times, was unable to really get any drives going and uh, come up with with any big throws early in that game and really into the fourth quarter before he started to get some things going when the Vikings were already down. Is there any fear of the hot Kirk Cousins performing well at home, or do Bears fans look at it like this is a guy that turns the ball over more than any other quarterback in the NFL versus the defense that takes it away more than anyone in the NFL, that that is the Bears' biggest advantage is that Kirk Cousins can beat himself at times? I was surprised at how bad he played in Chicago. I was really surprised. And I knew and I thought the key to the game would be that he is a quarterback that fumbles. He fumbles quite a bit. And that you have Mack and Akeem Hicks and those guys like to force fumbles. I thought that might be the way that the game changes. Not him being an ineffective passer. And that's what he looked like for, for most of that game. He looked confused. He, he looked hurried. He missed open receivers. 
in that game, and and it hurt the Vikings. Now, I I I'm, I can't wait to have you on my show tonight because I want to talk to you about the changes at, at offensive coordinator and how that that's improved what Kirk Cousins is or not uh, improved what he is. But I was I was stunned at how inept he looked at times because one of those players like you see him on red zone when he was in Washington like you're watching him you go okay he's got a little something mm-hmm. he's a guy that you're throwing for 4,500 yards and making big plays even now what is he second in the NFL in in completion percentage at 70 percent so there's clearly something there there's obviously some talent there but it was not his best showing in Chicago and I think the Bears think that they can they can perhaps force another performance like that and, and maybe give themselves an opportunity for a two seed. So I'll give you the short answer before I ask you uh, my last question. The short answer is, remember last year when Case Keenum came in in the second half and dinked and dunked his way to a win over the Bears? Remember that game? Yes. That's what you're going to see. That's Right now they are treating Kirk Cousins very similarly to how they treated Case Keenum and sort of paring it down and trying to get him to not beat himself, and it's working. And I well, and I what? think they're going to keep you're doing it. You're going to see the same thing on the other side of the ball. <laughs> because <laughs> you'll, you'll look at, at what happened with Trubisky last week, and people will point to him completing 86% of his passes. Mm-hmm. But it's been clear for the last few weeks, and I know that you watch film like crazy. Go back and watch the last three games and watch how we see Nagy start to take the ball out of Mitch Trubisky's hand. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I think it's, it's, it, I think it shows a lot of, a lot of guts for a coach that has been connected with this quarterback and everyone thinks that he's out there, you know, trying to make the quarterback better. I think that, that Nagy's done a great job of saying we can win this game by running the ball. We can win this game with defense. And in the Rams game, that's what he did. He's like, okay, Mitch isn't having a great night. We're not going to mess around. We've got Jared Goff on the ropes. We're going to punt the ball on, you know, fourth and two or whatever it is, and we're going to let our guys play defense instead of going for it. I think that the the same way that the Vikings are kind of turning Cousins back into a caretaker quarterback is is what the Bears are doing with Trubisky. The only difference is that because Trubisky's so good with his legs and he's strong in the pocket, when it comes to running, that can make a, a, a difference in a game. He can change games by giving himself an extra couple of minutes to let guys break downfield and, and on scramble rules make some plays, and he's done that. But they have been very careful over the last few weeks with how they've used them. Uh, that is not the same with Kirk Cousins, by the way. Cannot make the plays with his legs. And uh, that's, that is a, a big limitation for him. And he just sat back there and let Khalil Mack come right to him and get in his face over and over again. And I think that was, I think it was actually the beginning of the end, Lawrence, for John Filippo was right there with the way that they did not do anything to really help Kirk Cousins with the protection against Khalil Mack. I, I saw your piece, and, and I loved it. I really think that the, the, the thing that I took from it that made the most sense to me was putting him under center. Mm-hmm. As yep. weird as it sounds, it sounds really strange to, to, for him to be able to figure out what type of gum Akeem Hicks is, is chewing on. <laughs> but I do think that it, it offers them more opportunities out of play action where, they, where the linebackers can be frozen, even a, a half a tick, 
more than they would be if you're running a play-action set out of pistol or shotgun. I think that that's what they need to do if they want to have a chance, and, and we'll see how this thing goes. Now, Nagy has been pretty honest with the media in Chicago all season long about his plans without giving away game plans, which is one of the, the great things about him and a big difference between him and John Fox. But I, I, I am curious to see, like, how, how badly does he want to win this game? You know, Aaron Lynch and Eddie Jackson have been hurt. Do those guys play? Mm-hmm. If, if they do find out that the, the Rams are up early on on San Francisco, do they put in Chase Daniel and say, all right, Chase, go out here and win us a game? Do they take Mac out? Like All of that stuff is going to be really interesting to watch. But at least from what they're saying, they're into this game. They want to win this game. It would, it would be important to them from a division standpoint and what might happen for them in the playoffs. But it, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch what happens over the next couple days on who's practicing and who's not practicing and who's, who's, uh, what everyone is labeled on Friday before this thing gets going. Uh, you coming up to see the beautiful weather on Sunday, Lawrence? Well, here's the fun thing about me. I am seeing the beautiful weather in Miami right now. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the magic of AM radio. <laughs> I'm going to get myself a, a studio here in Miami, do my show, and then I'll come back. But I'm not going to make the trip up to many. But I will tell you that uh, a couple things. One, Glam Doll Donuts in Minneapolis is like my favorite donut place. They have the best, I, what I have ranked in my donut rankings, the number one donut <laughs> in the country wow. with, the, with the pucker up. It's amazing. Number one. And, yeah, and um, when you see Rami, punch him in the face. For me. <laughs> uh, I've only met Rami once, but he's our new guy. So I don't think punching him in the face could be like a good introduction to our to our state. We're Minnesota here, Lawrence. We have to be like really friendly or passive aggressive. Oh, that's right. I found yeah, out that the different. passive aggressive thing is usually what, what Minnesotans do. Yeah, it's different. You could do that. But if you do punch him in the face, just tell him that I said do. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, Lawrence was like punch you in the face. Having having come from an eastern city, it's taken me a long time to figure. I have to ask other people. I'm like, was that were they being passive aggressive or what was that? Because I'm used to the more straightforward style. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm starting I, to get used I have to it. One of my, one of my colleagues that I, I, I work with is from Minnesota, and and she said we have perfected the passive aggressive. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's a. It's not bad. You get used to it after a while. And then, and then when you go somewhere else, you're like, hey, why are these people so rude? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's what that, that's right. That's what it's like. So, uh, well, the Lawrence. All, all I'll tell you is that anytime that I've been to the Twin Cities, I've been treated very well. Yes. I really yes. like, I really like the people of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, and I moved here three years ago and don't plan on leaving. It's a great place to be, uh, except for when it's really, really cold. And that'll be the case on Sunday. So you enjoy your nice, uh, warm humidity in the South and, uh, we will talk to you again soon. Lawrence, thanks for joining, man. Matthew, anytime, my man. That is uh, Lawrence Holmes. He is from 670 The Score in Chicago. Also does Bears pre- and post-game stuff. You can follow him on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. We'll take a quick break. Jonathan and I are going to talk about some sports-related gifts that have gone well and not so well. When we come back, Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN.
All right, back here on the Mackie and Judd Show. Matthew Collar, along with Jonathan Harrison, producing here, filling in for Mackie and Judd. And uh, Jonathan and I were talking about different sports-related gifts that we have been given. And if anybody wants to chime in, send me a tweet. Give us a call, 651-646-8255, with sports-related gifts. If they were weird or if they were just something amazing, which is which is fine, but weird is better. And do you have a what do you got for for some of the commercials? We were doing some research, yeah. looking up old commercials for sports related <laughs> gifts, and oh my gosh, like the I I remember the nine some of the nineties commercials being weird and hilarious. Oh my god, our commercials were terrible I, in the nineties. Wow, I had no idea how funny they were. Oh. All right, so I'll start off with this one. It's a game that you and I both played. It's a video game. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. This is for the PlayStation. This was back in 2000. Look at what we're launching. The new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. We're talking lots of new tricks and hundreds of insane new combos. There's even more courses. A park editor... And a dream team of skaters to choose from. Skateboarding reaches new heights. With new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Rated C for teens. I mean, that's just perfect. This is like... Tony Hawk, it's so cool that you'll skate all over the place. Now, the one, the hockey one, the hockey game that the you The Nerf is, Bash Table Hockey, which it, yeah. Bash is B-A-S-H as an acronym for Back alley street hockey. So that's amazing. And now, like video games commercials, video game commercials, they have mm-hmm. like they'll have like some child uh, group of chorus singers yeah. singing like some hit song. Are you talking about the Xbox one yeah, that's but, on during but, NF, every NFL game? I mean, this has been going on for a while with right. both like movie trailers and with video game trailers. It'll be like children singing You Can't Always Get What You Want <laughs> and then like some crazy video game character cutting the head off dragons. <laughs> and it, like that's what we got was just like, here's some guitar. <laughs> Tony Hawk, you can make your own skater. Tony Hawk jumping but, from jumping on a skateboard from a skyscraper to another skyscraper. <laughs> like, what? But this the this bash hockey one is more along the lines of what I was thinking. It, it's super terrible. You'd never want to play it, and hilarious. You're blazing in on goal, ready to score. You're checked, crushed, bash. You're playing back alley street hockey for Nerf with all the real electronic <laughs> sounds of the street. Unleash blistering slap shot, wicked stick checks, thundering body checks. Now I would just like to point out that all this is is just bubble hockey. Yeah, it's it's just bubble hockey. It's and bubble like, hockey with like a uh, basically like a street design around it. Instead, yeah, that's all it is. It's just bubble hockey where you get the little things. And this guy is is going crazy. Like, yeah, murder your friends with a knife and then play hockey like street. It's just like, what are you talking about, you lunatic? It's just. Bubble hockey, it's super funny. The uh, the old '90s commercials for these sports gifts around Christmas time were one of my favorite parts of growing up. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story from my end. It, Jonathan mm-hmm. and I were talking about this before the show of just sort of funny things where when you tell your family about something in your life, that becomes like your thing that everyone buys yep. presents for you all the time. 
So in Buffalo area, Western New York, we don't have a Major League Baseball team. So I watched a lot of Yankees, but then when they signed Alex Rodriguez, I just didn't want to like them anymore Mm -hmm. and started following the St. Louis Cardinals closer and playing, you know, playing with them on the video games and going to see them play the Pittsburgh Pirates and stuff. And then all of a sudden I became the biggest Cardinals fan (laughs) of all time at Christmas, except there was a faux pas. I had asked for a Cardinals hat. Uh-oh. I I love baseball hats. I have Brooklyn Dodgers hat on right now, mm-hmm. and the house is full of baseball hats. I've got the uh, Padres one from when I went to San Diego and Giants one. So I wanted a St. Louis Cardinals hat. Instead, I got a Phoenix Cardinals. Oh hat. no! <laughs> yeah. Oh no! So, so I don't know if that's been donated or if it's like because the story is good, it's still at the house somewhere. Which family member was this? That's very you possible. Them? It it would have been uh, a family member who if you heard Cardinals hat, wouldn't maybe know. Yeah. Like, wouldn't be like, oh, sports, which sport? You right. know, it's like, oh, Cardinals, there's a bird on a hat. Here you go. It's red. I think that's a Cardinals. Let's get that one. Uh, so many games that broke on the first day, right? Yeah. Like, that's kid, kids today, these, these young bucks growing up now, they don't get presses to break on the first day. No. They get, like, iPhones that last for seven years. Yeah. They don't, like... They don't know the the pain of of having that excitement of getting this awesome gift, and then a day later, your brother breaks it because you were fighting over it, and now you're you're done. Lots of that. Um, Just a few that I remember that were pretty great. We got a football that had a light inside it Mm -hmm. so you could play at night. Now, what we did with this was... He went on one side of the street, and I went on the other side of the street. <laughs> when when cars would come up the street, fling it across. No. <laughs> it, not, I mean, you couldn't. It's like a 30-mile-an-hour. Like You couldn't just like ah, go off the road or right. something, but you would have been pretty puzzled at the meteor that just, because it was orange. So it was just like, you know, it was this UFOs, meteor. what's going by. on? What's That's happening? That's right. Uh, we were definitely the kids that threw snowballs at cars at night and stuff. So this this kind of took it to another level. What do we got here? We've got a gopher update for you. Oh, oh the bowl game's going what do we on. Got? Oh. Uh, they had their first drive. We're now four minutes and 30 seconds left in the first quarter in Detroit. They got a field goal on their first drive, and it looks like they're driving. They're in the red zone here against Georgia oh, Tech. Oh, yeah, red zone alert. Uh, Tanner Morgan in the shotgun. Hey, I found out, by the way, look at the Jonathan, this is for Jonathan, but look at the formation they have right now, and you see the fullback? Yep. That is called the sniffer position. The, that is. I discovered. Oh, wow, a beautiful dime oh, touchdown that for is the a Gophers. Nice touchdown. 10 nothing. Yellow Jackets are struggling. They've got no sting today. Oh. Wow. <laughs> See, I'm, I like the puns, whereas the other guys normally don't. Um, they find them cringy. I the, love these puns. The punter for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, right? Mm-hmm. Yellow Jackets? Yeah. Is six foot, 245 pounds. Oh, wow. That is... That's a big man. That is a big man. That is a high school nose tackle punting. Who comes up with these names, by the way? Sniffer, Squatty yeah. Body? Yeah, like, it's called where, a Sniffer. Where do these names come from? So all, all it is, the formation is where the fullback lines up directly behind the tackle, uh-huh. and the fullback is called the Sniffer. Because he's... <laughs> you just figure that out for yourself. He uh, is right in position. Let, let the words do the visualization <laughs> for right. you. I saw, and this is why Twitter is great. If you don't have it, this is why it's worth having, is that I saw two coaches... Like high school coaches debating 
the sniffer position. And really? Like, and like how to read that for your linebackers. And <laughs> it was just like, wait a minute. Did you guys just call it what I think you just called it? This um, is stuff that needs to be put in a podcast. Yeah. Not I just know. left on Twitter. I know. I need to ask Sage about that next time he's on. The is, sniffer. Uh, hey, uh, how do you use the old sniffer position there, <laughs> uh, Sage? Um, that looks like it should be. That sounds like it should be in a different industry. So there was another present that mm-hmm. I got. And speaking of them breaking, where you could press your foot on a batting, like a, like a T batting tee and you'd press your foot on it and shoot a little wiffle ball up and then you could hit it yourself. Oh, awesome. So it, it's like the no friends batting tee sort of thing. That was, was me in elementary school. I had no friends who wanted to play sports. I'm sorry about that, wanted to play sports with me because uh, it just it was me and my brother and my brother hates sports. But it is, but it is cool because you yeah. could sort of do like a home run derby by yourself awesome. if you wanted to and literally broke like 43 seconds into half. No. Yeah, not great. That's terrible. Not great. So uh, I used to play football by myself. Let's take a break. We've got a we've got a good uh, Christmas related game. Or I guess I think it's good. <laughs> For my lack of Christmas knowledge and I want to bring up to you before we get to that cuz we'll have Rich Gannon at 5:15, so we'll go hardcore football then. Um something that our friend Courtney Cronin did on Twitter that has caused a stir around a Christmas movie. Let's talk about that when we come back next. Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Jonathan Harrison here with a traffic update here at 1500 ESPN. We are looking at an eight-minute delay on northbound 394 at Cedar Lake Road. It looks like there is an accident of some kind. It looks like a crash. Matthew? Did someone say axe? Because axe. the Gophers are up 10 nothing, carrying rip. over the momentum from a month and a half ago <laughs> when they won the axe. And it's clear that the players they suspended, they were the problem. Yes. Because the obviously. Gophers are now dominating the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Georgia Tech turned it over Field. twice, I think. So all of you who made the trip... Bless you for doing that, yeah, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying your quick lane. Did we ever goal. find out if there's actually anybody who took in the deal of watching both the Vikings and the Gophers in Detroit over Christmas? I don't know. Was that a deal? Uh, was that a I heard that there was a deal that the quick lane bowl was offering because it's run by the Lions. Oh, sure. Right. Of course. So. Well, they are in the quick lane to a bowl win here. Oh, and, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. PJ Flex first, of course, it would be. Um, so our friend Courtney Cronin, who co-hosts the Purple Podcast, the Purple Live Show as well with me, mm-hmm. uh, on Christmas Day, she decided to go on a big rant about Home Alone, though she says it was her favorite movie growing up. Um, uh, but tweets like this, uh, the McAllister's home was heated by a coal furnace in 1990. No freaking way. I don't know if you've been by those homes in, what is it? Winnetka? Winnetka is how it's said. Uh, but they're freaking massive. Like, look. <laughs> she she spent 15 tweets tearing that is a lot apart. Of tweets. Or 16. 16 tweets oh tearing apart from everything from international travel to... <laughs> It is a it is quite the thread to how Kevin did not w- get woken up by his brother when they were in the same bed the the night before. She just picks apart Home Alone, and so I go- I did a little googling with Home Alone and discovered that there are fan theories mm-hmm. about different parts of this, like who Joe Pesci's character might be. <laughs> Could it be the mob? 
right? <laughs> could, like, could they be the planning mob, some really? sort of like mob hit? There's uh, the idea that Kevin's dad could possibly be like Tony Soprano or something. Yeah, there's lots of these wow. these different ones. This gets um, in depth. I like that movie. I love that movie. That's a bit excessive. And then I saw Rich Eisen tweeting about Home Alone. I've never seen this much drama surrounding Home Alone. Oh, uh, it's but, been brewing. Uh, <laughs> it's been br- it finally bubbled over As yesterday. Someone who loves that movie. It's been brewing. <laughs> it's been brewing. I've been trying to defend this movie for a I while. I have loved, by the way, going on YouTube and looking at fan theories about different things. Fan theories about The Office. Uh, did you watch The Office? I watched a couple episodes here and there. So... It, Anyone who's watched The Office knows the Toby character, and uh-huh. there's this Scranton Strangler thing that goes on <laughs> through the show, and there's a theory that Toby is actually the Scranton Strangler, and there's a lot of okay. like good evidence to support it. <laughs> All of those are totally worth it with, the, uh, with fan theories about Home Alone. Where does it rank for you among the uh, Christmas movies? Oh, among the Christmas movies, just because I'm a big fan of slapstick humor and people getting injured during my humor and <laughs> suck brick kid. Uh, I love I love that movie. I think it's one of my favorites, um, but that's also because I have a shallow taste in movies <laughs> and I will only admit that. Uh, yeah, well, if you like seeing people get hit in the face with stuff or having their head burned. I mean, I, in the second one, when I forget his name, the taller of the two robbers yeah. gets hit several times in a row with bricks. I'm rolling on the floor laughing every it, time I see it. I don't care that I've seen it probably 10 or 15 times. It's still one of the funniest scenes in both those movies. Second one better? Uh, it's very close. I I would say they're, they're either one in... It's either one and two or it's one and one A and one B. They're they're both equally as good. Three and four don't count. So I said the other day that two was better, and a friend of mine just went bananas on Why? Twitter. I, I don't know. It's, like I mean, he's a movie guy, but I mean, it's like okay, it's like the secondary story is not as good. It's like you're a lunatic. Secondary story. I don't Man, know. Like the pigeon lady or whatever is not as good as the shoveler guy. I don't know. Like, well, yeah, I can see that, but I mean, that's. That's not what I'm at. That's not what I'm not. That's not what I'm watching Home Alone for. Okay, so when we come back, gotta take a break. Yeah, a couple things. We've got Rich Gannon, former mm-hmm. NFL quarterback, of course. We have uh, a game for you because my knowledge of Christmas movies, it turns out, is so <laughs> pathetic that you are going to read me descriptions and I have to guess which Christmas movie it is. That's yes. coming up at five thirty, so you could play along in your car or whatever on the podcast if that's how you're listening <laughs> to the show. But uh, Greg Bishop of Sports Illustrated has written something, uh, I guess MMQB, where he talks to Mike Zimmer about their the TCO Performance Center, and Zimmer has some very interesting thoughts. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to read that when I come back, and also the greatest play in NFL history happened in a game that no one was watching at all. I want to bring you that as well. And we'll make sure that if you are on the edge of your seat wondering how the Gophers do, we'll let you know when things happen. Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN.